With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live for another edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. This is Impact Media's weekly foray into the world of combat sports, specifically MMA and pro wrestling. Welcome to the show. Obviously, later than we would really ideally want to get a show out, but I wanted to still get it out today. There will still be another uh, that sports show will be uh, later today. I want to get them out this week. Because you guys deserve that. If uh, you would like to follow the show, of course, uh, you can leave us a question, comment, suggestion, uh, rating, review, any of that, anywhere you get a podcast. Um, And if there's a place that you regularly get podcasts that you cannot find us, please let us know. We will change that. You know, we think we're everywhere. Maybe we're not. Uh, Also, you search for us on Facebook, any of the shows, at the Impact 99 on practically any other social media, we'll find myself at Team Impact Media on Twitter. We'll go straight to nothing but the show posts, all three shows. You can just go straight there if you're looking for a particular show. And um, you can email the show at let's see, 3N Endzone, E N D Z O N E, at gmail.com. It was an old email we used to use with another show we did, and we just kept it. No reason you read the email. Now, things we should talk about. Let's start with Bellator. Bellator 283 happened last Friday. We thought it was going to be Patricky Pitbull and Sydney Outlaw. Well, Patricky had to pull out. So, what did we get instead? Instead, one change the main event. The main event become Douglas Lima versus Jason Jackson. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Sydney Outlaw ended up taking on Tofik Musayev. Tofik was able to jump in and uh, step in for Patricky, who will return. I can't remember if it was a sickness. Or was it an injury? I don't remember. I thought it was sick. I don't want to speculate. But anyway, let's start with the main event, which was Douglas Lima versus Jason Jackson. It got bumped up, basically, from the co-main to the main. That That's the right move. Because you had no idea how the uh, outlaw Messiah fight was going to go. Um, Messiah stepping in late minute. You know, you want to still push... The, the bigger mainstay fight. Made sense. 
Uh, in the welterweight, though, Douglas Lima and Jason Jackson, they go the distance. And I had Jason Jackson win this fight pretty much the whole time through it, and so did the judges. So Jason Jackson is your winner. He will move on. Douglas Lima did some good stuff. It just seemed like Jackson always seemed to be either a step ahead or always had a counter, always was ready. And he seemed to be on top of the aggression. It, it's just the way I saw it. Maybe you guys saw it differently. But, uh, it, I mean, in all honesty, especially when I watch UFC cards, me and the judges don't always agree. In fact, that probably 50-50. And it's probably that way with you guys, too. Judging's hard. Judging's hard. You know, we get multiple camera angles when we watch a fight. We get uh, the, the many different ones all around. That judge is stuck with whatever obstructed view he has next to the octagon, or she. I think there are some female judges. So I, I cut them some slack. I'm not saying they're doing a bad job. It would be nice if they were uh, a little more consistent. But, hey, we say that about all our referees and judges, do we not? I need to bring up baseball. Yeah. Anyway, good for Jason Jackson. He gets the big win. Moving forward to the welterweight division. Let's talk about Sydney Outlaw versus Tafiq uh, Musayev. Tafiq steps in last minute. So you never quite know sometimes, you know. You don't really know how things are going to go. You're hoping it's going to be a good fight. You're hoping it's going to be competitive. I would say so. This one definitely was. Well, it was competitive for about 27 seconds. And Tofik unleashed a strike that sent Sydney outlaw into the, uh, the, the netherworld. Because, uh, yeah, 27 seconds into round number one, Tofik, who steps in? Out of nowhere, it takes this fight. Uh, smashes Sydney outlaw. Sydney's a really good fighter. This he just got caught. He never saw it coming. And uh, good for Tofik. Definitely going to help him. Sydney will rebound and things like that. But just you know, you could also say, hey, Outlaw learned last minute that he was taking on Musayev, and the same fact that Musayev found out he's taking on Outlaw. I get that. But to me, you got to be ready. Maybe he just wasn't ready for. It. I don't know what happened. But good for Tofi. Um, Usman Nurmagomedov versus Chris Gonzalez. This one goes two minutes and 54 seconds into round number one before the uh, submission win from Nurmagomedov. Um, it just, right now, anybody named Nurmagomedov or Magomed seems to be just smoking people. It is quite the movement from uh, from that region. There is just tons and tons of great talent coming out of there. Chris Gonzalez is good, but gosh, I Boostman just went in, took care of business, and he was out. In fact, of his last three fights, uh, you had. The recent one, like I said, this this past time, 254 in round number one submission. Uh, before that, he took on Patrick Piatila. He submitted him four minutes and six seconds in round number one. And he took on Manny Murrow before that. 
It's all about the last calendar year. Yeah, in the last calendar year. He took on Manny Murrow, and he TKO'd him three minutes and 30 seconds into round number one. Yeah, at 15, 0 and 0. It, uh, yeah. I don't, I, there's not much else to say. The uh, Nurmagomedov is just a force, and I don't know who's going to stop him because he is uh, he is on top of it. And uh, Gonzalez tried, but in the lightweight, you better watch out because he's coming. He's going to be there sooner rather than later. Um, so Lorenz Larkin, uh, Muhammad Berkamov, that being a no contest, you, you hate to see that. Uh, these two may line it up and do it again. They may not. Um, just unfortunate it happens. And then to round out the main card, Davion Franklin took on Marcelo Gohm. Gohm gets the submission win. Four minutes and 36 seconds into round number three. This almost went distance. Almost, Davion almost made I don't know if he would have won the decision. But... Great submission win from Marcelo Gom. Now the next Bellator event, if we look at the calendar, next Bellator event is August the 12th. That is a Friday, 284. Neiman Gracie versus Guadi uh, Yamaguchi. That should be fun. And it's also right in the middle of the PFL playoffs. So that is going to be a stacked Stacked event. Now let's go to UFC. UFC Fight Night Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall. Thank you for all of you who follow along with my random uh, banterings and back and forths with some of you guys as we uh, follow along on Twitter for these great events. Always a blast to chop it up with you guys. They will chop it up with some, um, with some current fighters. Not necessarily in the UFC, but one trying to break his way in. We'll give a shout out to him here shortly. But let's get to the card. Let's start with the top. A lot of people like to work their way up. Let's start with the top. Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall. This started off looking like the fight we thought it was going to be, where it was going to be big, heavy on the feet. These two were gonna, heavyweights were going to smash each other, and then we would see if it would go to ground or not. And then second week in a row, series of unfortunate events. Tom Aspinall throws a kick to the to a calf kick to Curtis Blades. Everything seems fine. He goes to step back, falls to his back, clutches at his knee. Fight over. Fight over. Due to injury, like I said, second week in a row. It was very unfortunate uh, because Tom Aspinall is an, uh, is on the uprise and beating who has turned into the gatekeeper, Curtis Blades, would have put him on a better level to potentially be a top contender. 
And in Curtis's case, instead of being just the gatekeeper who is not really moving up or down or getting the fights he wants, beating Tom Aspinall would have shoved him back up into the top contendership to where you would have to recognize him as a as one of the uh, top contenders for the belt. Blades obviously didn't want to win this way. And he said so. And even Bisping was was saying, he's like, this crowd was booing, and he's like, he's like, it's nothing Curtis did. It's just things happen. You can't hold it against him because of what happened. And Curtis even said, he said, hey, man, I, I wanted to go toe-to-toe with this guy. I wanted to do these things. I wanted to put on a show for you guys. That's what we wanted to do. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. So, you know, all of our thoughts and prayers are with Tom Aspinall for his recovery. The only update I have at this point is um, a, a doctor who, I guess, associated with fighting, who just happened to saw, he, he saw it happen. He said, based off the pain that Aspinall seemed to be in, because he, yeah, he was crying out. It was uh, just crazy, screaming out sometimes. He said his guess, his best guess, was an MCL, which is good news in the fact that it's not an ACL, but I mean, not good news because that could be eight, nine months recovery, things like that. Um, Aspinall will rebound. I don't have a, I don't have an issue in saying that. Uh, Curtis Blades, though, he, he came out and he, he has said, that's the last time I face anybody ranked under me. I'm going to only face people in front of me. I, the only reason I did that is I saw the opportunity to beat a, a top contender on his rise up, and it would put me in the same spot as taking on somebody above me. I've got to agree with Curtis. And what changed for Curtis? Because he was a top contender years ago. And then... He's now become a gatekeeper. Well, I think it's this. He had a couple fights where he decided to just wrestle somebody for three rounds or five rounds and uh, just put on a wrestling clinic. And the crowd, not the world's biggest fan of just holding on and rolling around with people. So the crowd didn't get into it much, and the crowd booed him and things like that. And I think the UFC looked at that, that if you're not going to be an exciting fighter, even if you're going to win a lot, that they're not going to get behind you and push you into big opportunities. I think this will happen with Curtis. That's why in his last fight, he decided to stand and throw hands to show everybody, oh, I got hands. It's not my preferred way to do things, but I could throw if I need to. So good on Curtis. I want him to get a good fight. The heavyweight division is so messed up. Um... We know that Stipe and John Jones are supposedly going to fight for an interim belt. We know that Francis Ngannou I might fight by December, but, I mean, once again, who would he fight? Because one of those two would be the ones I would come up with. Um, Ty Tuabasa is going to face... Gosh, I forgot the other guy now. Ty Tuabasa is going to face... See if we can find it real quick. That is bugging me. Oh, Cyril gone. That would technically be for a uh, probably the next to to face the winner of 
Steve Bay, John Jones, whenever that is, it hasn't been announced, which is a whole other issue. So we've got we've got the actual title holder who is injured and or not scheduled to fight anybody anytime soon. Kind of a contract holdout as well. We've got the next two top contenders in John Jones and Stipe Miocic, which are scheduled, penciled in to face each other. But this has been like a two-year ordeal, three to one of them. Uh, we've got the next best contenders in Cyril Gaon and Tai Tuivasa, who are going to face each other uh, September the 3rd. That is a fight night. I just told you about Curtis Blades, who you've got to, let's see, under that, let's see, we've got Champ, we've got one, two, we've got three, four. Uh, you would have to say Curtis Blades is is number five and probably should face the winner of Cyril Gaon, Tai Tuivasa. Which means he's got to sit around for a couple months, though, which kind of sucks for him. And and it's uh, it's just a cluttered mess. That's exactly what it is. It's a cluttered mess. But good on Curtis Blades. Great main event. And uh, we move on. In the co-main event, Jack the Joker Hermanson gets his unanimous decision win over Chris Curtis. Uh, a lot of people thought maybe Curtis won this fight. I, I had Jack win in at least two rounds. He forced Chris Curtis to fight his fight. Um, Hermanson would pick his spots, and then when Curtis would come at him, he would circle out. And Curtis, up until round number three, did not figure out how to cut off his his uh, his movement left and right. Because all Jack would do is move left or right out of the way of, of all the main strikes, and he, he just didn't have to worry about it. Chris Curtis finally in the third round figured out how to start cutting him off where he couldn't move around as much. But by then, it's it's at least two rounds to zero going into that third round. So unless Chris Curtis stopped him, which he did not, he did not win. And you can get frustrated, and, and they got frustrated at the end. But in the end, Joker Jack wins. Good for him. Patty Pimblett versus Jordan Levitt. Jordan Levitt had ample opportunity. There were times in the first round where there was a little concern for Patty's camp and for Patty fans around the world. Now, he got the biggest pop of the night, as he should have. But Jordan probably won the first round. But towards the end, Patty figured out a way to counter a few things and actually ended, uh, you know, the grappling and wrestling that Jordan was using. He found a way to kind of to convert it into into helping himself and, and Patty. And uh, towards the end of it, Patty was on top of him, had some pretty good mount control uh, as the first round commenced. Now, in the second round, Patty came out like uh, like a bat out of hell. Went straight at him, ended up putting him in the submission. Jordan Levitt, of course, taps out. Uh, good fight, though. For everybody that said Patty has faced easy people up till now, you could make that argument. Jordan Levitt is is the next level up, and he gave Patty a good fight. I thought he did well, and uh, Patty moves on. Patty also, at the end, mentions to, or he, he made a, a small speech. And, you know, he, he had his normal fire the crowd up stuff. But then he said, hey, he found out uh, one of his one of his good buddies a couple days before his fight had unfortunately ended his life. And he said, let me just say this out there. Basically, I'm paraphrasing at this point. He said, uh, we're all going through stuff out there. And uh, if uh, if you're really dealing with some stuff and you're, and you're not sure 
uh, about things, uh, talk to people. Just uh, if, if you got something weighing on your mind, just talk it out with people. Don't think that that's the way to solve things because it's not. We, we need everybody here. So uh, uh, Patty, just super good guy. It, it was good to see that other side. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't show that side, but uh, to know what he was dealing with as well. And, uh, and that goes out to everybody. If you guys just need someone to talk to, you just got a lot going on, or you just got one thing that is just weighing on you heavy, reach out to people. Reach out to people. I just gave you guys an email of the show. I, you know, a lot of people probably wouldn't think it's a good idea to open up uh, an email for something like that. If you just want to need someone to just unload something on, email us, all right? We'll, we'll respond. We'll do our best to, to uh, you know, allow you to, to, to talk it out because we need everybody here, you know? Everybody's important. Everybody's important. Uh, let's move on to the fights. Nikita Krylov took on Alexander Gustafson. Nikita Krylov with the massive TKO. I mean, he caught Alexander Gustafson and just bang, 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 shot after shot after shot after shot. And uh, ultimately, he got Gustafson. He, he had kind of went down, but he was kind of out on his feet, and the referee stepped in as he should have. Um... I think Alexander just got caught. DC immediately come out. It's, it's Daniel Cormier. DC immediately come out and said, uh, it's about time to have that talk with Alexander Gutterson. It may be time to uh, pursue another career. Saying that maybe he's in all his best days behind him, but that he could be royally hurt, uh, really go out in a bad way if he, uh, if he continues. Uh, it's not up to me to make that call for one. And two... I think Alexander just uh, needs to examine where he's at skill-wise and things like that so that uh, he can determine if it is something he should continue to do or maybe the people around him should say, you know what, let's, let's think about something else. But that's not my call to make. Great win from Nikita Krylov. He, he looked really, really good. And... Um, the lightweight heavyweight division is is no joke, and knowing that Keita Krylov can knock people out should scare the rest of the people in front of him. Let's talk about Meatball Molly McCann. She gets the TKO victory over Hannah Goldie. I will give Hannah Goldie credit. She had a decent first round. It was kind of like the Patty fight, where in this one Hannah Goldie kind of had some good moments. Molly was 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 getting some good moments in there too. And then out of nowhere, Meatball Molly kept, starts to get the advantage. Ends up with the spinning back fist, not back fist, spinning elbow knockdown. It wasn't a knockout this time. It was a knockdown. But at that point, it was all over for Hannah. And Meatball Molly jumps on her. I don't know why they still call her Meatball Molly. She is not, uh, she is not a, uh, uh, she's not a meatball anymore. But uh, Molly McCann, great win. She is fired up as ever. Uh, she has said all kinds of uh, fun things about I'll take on this person or that person. They've asked her about people in, in the press conference. She said, I'll fight anybody that wants to fight. Fight them wherever they want to fight. I'm paraphrasing because she used some other words. But uh, Molly and Patty are great. Now, somebody who did kind of call Molly out, gosh, 
I hate having to pick between two favorites of mine, but Miranda Maverick came out and said, you know, I've got some pretty good top game as well, Molly, Meatball Molly. Uh, Miranda Maverick versus Molly McCann. For, first of all, is there any way to put more M's in here? Second of all, yikes, that could almost be a, a co-main event. That is a massive fight that signed me up. I I would I, I'm behind that one. Not just because I'm fans of theirs, but based off the way these two girls have fought recently, that may be a barn burger, and it would be an instant jump up for whoever wins that. So good for Molly, and hey, Molly versus Miranda, let's do it. Last one I want to talk about off the main card of UFC Fight Night was Paul Craig versus Vulcan Ozdemir. Paul Craig loves to chase the submission, so much so that he almost LeBron flops every time that he was struck, whether it was a hard strike or not, so that he would be on the ground trying to invite Vulcan to the ground. And there was a couple times that Paul Craig had really had, he really had some locks in on there on, on Vulcan. And I think Vulcan learned his lesson. He said, you know what? I'm not going down there with him. So every time he'd hit the ground, he'd just let him kind of sit there for a while to the referee say, hey, get up. Vulcan gets the unanimous decision because he fought his fight, did not give in to Paul Craig outside of a couple times that almost cost him. Um, Craig's just got to do better. He's a better fighter than he showed right there. He's got to quit chasing the submission, or he's got to set it up better. If the guy will not come to the ground with you, Paul, how about you take him to the ground, either with a takedown, which you tried a couple, or by punching him or kicking him, any kind of strike that is going to get him to the ground so that you can do that. But a good win for Vulcan. Not sure what Paul Craig's going to do moving forward. Um, There's was, there was some other good performances. Uh, Nathaniel Wood, just a fantastic win for him. Uh, Mark Diakasi. Ludwig Klein, they all had great unanimous decision wins. This is a good card. UFC London Man stacked. It's one of the best cards I've seen in a while, it's top to bottom. There was no fight where you're just like, eh, eh okay. Uh, Jonathan Pierce with a good knockout. Muhammad Makayev with the unanimous decision. Uh, Jaya Herbert had one as well. Uh, Victoria Leonardo and uh, Nicholas Dalby, all with great unanimous decisions. Just fantastic. So, what's up next for... What's up next for the UFC? Well, they just had UFC 277 last night. We'll talk about that in the upcoming week. Uh, let me tell you a couple of the matchups on there. And I'm going to try to keep... I know a lot of the winners, so I'm going to try to keep... I'm going to try to keep uh, biasness out. Uh, Amanda Nunez and Juliana Pena for the women's bantamweight title. Get Brandon Moreno versus Kai Cara France for the uh, flyweight interim title. Sergey Pavlovich versus Derek Lewis for the heavyweights. Alexandra Patoya versus Alex Perez. Uh, Magomed Ankalaya versus Anthony Smith. You know, 
guy who's now on Bisping's podcast, believe you me. Good guy. Um, some of the other fights. Alex Morano versus Matthew Samelsberger. Sel- uh, Drew Dober versus Ralphie Alves. Dante Mays versus Hamdi Abdelwahab. Abdel Wahab. I got to slow that one down. I'm not learning it. Jack R. Close versus Rafa Garcia. Michael Morales versus Adam Fugit. Jocelyn Edwards versus Ji Young Kim. Nikolai Nergamorano versus Ihor Cochiero. And Orion uh, Koske versus Blood Diamond. Yep, the guy's name is Blood Diamond. Those are some fun matchups. But we will obviously talk about those uh, next week. So let's start with wrestling from last week. I'm going to start with AEW. AEW, uh, as I said last week, it's fun to find out that uh, friends of mine are starting to watch wrestling again. And uh, a lot of them are not watching WWE. They're watching AEW. find that pretty interesting. It's also fun because uh, they they regularly, not royally, they regularly want to debate uh, things that happen, which is great. Anytime you're, you're talking about wrestling, wrestling is doing well. Whether you're talking about it good or bad, wrestling is doing well. MMA is the same thing. Um, uh, all right. So last week's AEW Dynamite, it opens up with Brody King versus Darby Allin. Uh, which you would look at Brody King, who is a mountain of a man. And you look at Darby Allen, who looks like your little brother with face paint and and a skateboard. And that doesn't even start to describe these two. Darby is an all-out wrecking ball who will put his use his body as a weapon to take you out. Fantastic. Fantastic in the ring. Brody King the same way. He's not just a big guy who's just gonna like push you around and smash you and Things like that. No, he can he can very much move as though he's he's basically Darby Allen. He can kind of just sling himself all over the place. Obviously, Brody King wins this. The aftermath of it is he continued to attack Darby afterwards. Sting comes down, then Malachi Black comes down because Buddy Murphy is still hurt. So it's just Brody King and Malachi now, so Black, and then Miro comes out. This is a contentious thing. Miro versus the House of Black. Is he going to join the House of Black? I don't think so. Or, because for one, what are you going to do with Murphy when he comes back? And also, if he's not going to join the House of Black, he can't take them on by himself. So if Murphy does come back, then you've got a three-on-one. Well, I guess you could throw Darby and Sting in there as as good contemporaries, but I would like to see Miro build his own faction. That would include um, having his wife. You guys know her as Lana. 
having his wife maybe come back in some sort of role. The House of Black also has a uh, female member, and it would be fun to see a uh, four-on-four with uh, the girls involved, too, because there's so many different ways you can match everybody up. Just hundreds of possibilities. Fantastic. But uh, Brody King wins. We get to see the stare-off with Miro and the House of Black. And it was fun. Then we got to see the best friends with Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuta and Moxley. Best friends are probably one of the greatest jobber tag teams in AEW at the moment. Of course, Yuta and Moxley end up with the uh, victory. As they are uh, pushing them pretty well. The Varsity Blondes took on Christian and Luchasaurus. Christian and Luchasaurus, of course, win. And Jungle Boy returns. And Christian sends Luchasaurus out to take out the returning Jungle Boy. To which instead, they high-five and both come after Christian. So it looks like, looks like Jungle Express is still a thing. And they're going to go against Christian, which will only make them both better. Cole Carter versus Ricky Starks for the FTW Championship. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking, I watch a lot of wrestling, which you probably do. I don't know who Cole Carter is. You do. You just, if you watch NXT, you know who he is. He was one of the members of Tony D'Angelo's little family group or whatever. I think he was, was he stacks or was he two dimes? I don't know. But this is how goofy they can be. Is they knew his contract was coming up. They still stuck him in a faction. He did not re-sign or renew his contract. I don't think they offered it to him. So they had to do something with his on-screen character. So they had D'Angelo and whichever henchman is still left. Uh, looked like they threw him in over a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. But Cole Carter come in. Him and Ricky Starks had a, uh, a really good match. I don't know if he's going to stick around AEW or not, but uh, he's a good talent. So we'll see what's in store for him. But Ricky Starks is just on fire lately. Just on fire. He is very, very good. And actually now defending the FTW title, uh, it's it's making that legitimate. Um, let's see. No, not talking about that match. I'll just say this: Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. In a barbed wire everywhere match. I mean, they they kind of did this one tasteful. This I hate these kind of matches. I I don't like the blood and guts. I, I I definitely didn't like this. I didn't like the the bed of barbed wire that Jericho went flying into after the match. I I just wow. But uh, Kingston wins. He gets his revenge. Maybe this is officially over between all of them. 
But, uh, goodness. It's just, uh, the only thing that it really did, too, was it showed us that I think Kingston won. Maybe he didn't. Maybe Jericho didn't. I don't remember. It became a melee at the end. But it showed us that Anna Jay is now joining up with Ty Conti and that faction from JAS. And just, I don't know. It's just weird. Let's go to Rampage. We just talked about Dynamite. Let's go to AEW Rampage. That has uh, been decent recently. It's uh, slowly... I don't know. It's, at times, it's just been the spillover as opposed to a feature. But we open up with uh, John Silver and Hangman Page versus The Butcher and The Blade. These are four guys I'm a big fan of their work. Uh, Hangman ends up with the, the getting the pinfall victory, but uh, him and John Silver, I, I think, uh, can be a good team when Alex Reynolds is not around. Plus, Butcher and Blade, I told you guys before, I'm a big fan of their work. They do fantastic things. Um, a lot of underrated work. Uh, let's see. Lee Moriarty took on Dante Martin. That was a fantastic young talent showcase. Uh, Dr. Brett Baker, Jamie Hayter took on Sky Blue and Ashley... Uh, D'Amboise, I think is how you say that. I'm not real sure. But, uh, of course, Dr. Brett Baker gets the uh, victory. And that one. Then there was a rap battle between Max Caster, who was actually a good rapper, and Austin Gunn, who I'm not sure if he picked rapper Christmas present. Um, it was a train wreck. It was awful. It looked like towards the end that either they both forgot what they were going to say or just didn't have anything to say. And uh, just, just kind of weird. And then Christopher Daniels versus Jay Lethal was the classic that it has been for the last 15 years. Obviously, Lethal getting the victory in that one. But uh, it's, it's almost like Rampage has turned into like what Ring of Honor currently is, which is just the the uh, the spillover mid-card stories. And uh, I want them to do a little more with that, you know, feature some of the big guys on this one too, like you used to. But uh, other than that, AEW Solid last week, they did some really good stuff. And uh, more power to them. But for now, let's take a break so that you can hear a little bit more about our friends at betonline.net. And after that, we will get through the rest of the wrestling from last week. But for now, here's, our, here's a message about our friends from betonline.net. This is Jeremy the Impact York from Board Check, That Sports Show, and Strong Style. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, 
wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we are back here on Strong South. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome back. Hopefully you guys... uh, I mean, you guys should know by now, but uh, go visit our friends at betonline.net. They uh, not only have the odds and ways that you can wager on sports, but they have, uh, they do a lot of the research for you. They have stories and podcasts and news, and they are just on top of everything. So go check out our friends, betonline.net. Now, let's get into some WWE. WWE from last week. It was nice that now that uh, we heard that old Vinnie Mac has hung up the wrestling boots and the uh, corporate tie, I guess, at, uh, I think he's 77 now. It's crazy. But uh, he is he is uh, officially retired, so they say, from WWE. Based off the legal things, he ramifications he may be in too soon. I think it was a good decision for him to step away. So it does not affect... Uh, the WWE. But instead of him coming out there and saying, welcome to Raw or welcome to SmackDown, Titus O'Neil did. Good to see Titus O'Neil. He's been kind of a goodwill ambassador for years for them. And he continues to do great things or the Special Olympics. or uh, I mean, He really does travel the world to, uh, to uh, represent the WWE. And uh, he just does a fantastic job. So it was good to see him. Um... We had Belair defend her championship against Carmella. We knew Belair was going to win. Uh, they they really like Bianca Belair, and, and she's she's okay. She grows on me a little bit, but you know, just I don't know. Just, it's it's hard for me to buy into her because you have her going over people like Becky Lynch, who are just off the charts great, and it's just it's weird to me. Not saying Becky should win all the time. But she's she's regularly beat Bianca Belair. And I do know that at SummerSlam last night, there were some returns that I am super stoked and excited for. And those will shake up the women's division a little bit. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, What else was there? We had Priest versus Rey Mysterio. That's going to set up some stuff at SummerSlam. Because uh, the judgment day is down to two members right now until Rhea Ripley either peels or turn, whatever's Because there, there's a lot going on with her, with her injuries and such. So they're going to have to uh, be a two-man show until she returns. Seth versus Ezekiel was really good, even though Seth won. Um, Ezekiel showing that he can hang and, and do really well against big stars like Seth is only going to help him. Um, I, I would still like to see a little bit more of, of uh, the Kevin Owens stuff with Ezekiel because it's just becoming comical and hilarious. Um, 
having Omas take on Angelo Dawkins, even though the Usos and MVP were there, and even though uh, Montez Ford was there too, it just and the fact that it was a DQ that that won Angelo the win, wanting the match, it uh. It just, um, I don't know. It just shows that they have no idea what to do with Omos. I, I think that's the best way to put it. They just don't know what to do with him. They tried to put him up in the top bracket, but he's not ready for that. You can't put him in the low bracket. He's stuck in the middle. And just, I mean, what do you do? There's just not much you can do. Uh, but, of course, that match turned into the Street Profits versus MVP and Omas. Ended up being a DQ because the Usos were a Street Profits win that. It's just all setting up. It's using MVP and Omas to set up Street Profits Usos at SummerSlam. Theory versus AJ Styles. Dolph Ziggler was down. Was down at ringside. Uh, I like Dolph and Theory getting into it. Dolph and AJ would have been good too. This was a good match. It ends up being a count-out victory for AJ because Dolph distracted Theory. So this is a couple times now he has cost him wins. Um, I look forward to it probably right after SummerSlam. I would look forward possibly tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. You see Theory and Dolph Ziggler uh, start their feud officially. And uh, I'm all for it. I want to see what AJ Styles is going to do too because he's way too good of a talent to just be just all over the place, random like this. Um, I want to know if Tommaso Ciampa is going to join up with The Miz or if he's just like a random mercenary. Because he keeps like helping The Miz out. And he keeps attacking people like Logan Paul. But then what? You know? Just, uh... I don't know if he's just here to fuel that feud. Or if he's actually going to get into it with... Maybe he's the next guy that Logan faces after The Miz. Who knows? Um, let's talk... Let's go to SmackDown next. SmackDown. Stephanie comes out and says, Welcome to SmackDown. We do have it, officially, that with Vince away from WWE, that Triple H has pretty much taken over creative control. So the fun things you're going to see in the next few weeks are all Triple H, all Paul Levesque, Levesque, however you say it, Levesque. They're all Triple H, so you are welcome. You are going to see some very different things. You're going to see NXT get a lot better. Um, good to see Steph, too. We had Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ludwig Kaiser again, where Gunther actually helped Ludwig win this time. You know, last time when he lost to Shinsuke, uh, he got chopped pretty intensely by Gunther as a punishment. He said, uh, either you win or you're out. So Ludwig ends up winning with the help of Gunther. But Gunther took it, uh, 
took offense to that and still chopped the, uh, the, the crap out of him. Um, it really hurts, guys. It, it does. Back from uh, my short stint of training years ago, gosh, I will even say his name, Cody Gunn on the indie scene uh, down here in the southeast. He, uh, he doesn't pull those at all. He, he swings like he is trying to knock a charging bull backwards, and that's about what it feels like hits you. It's, uh, it's pretty intense, and uh, it's, it's a heck of a job. So, uh, yeah, that's got to hurt. It's just got to hurt. Uh, what else was there? They really were just using SmackDown to kind of build SummerSlam. Um, building the Viking Raiders up because they're going to face the New Day. I don't know if they did it at the pay-per-view or not. We'll have to look at that. Um, the SummerSlam card, they did mention that. That was pretty cool where Corey LaJoy, uh had a SummerSlam-themed car at Pocono. That's something that WWE has not done a whole lot of in the past. I think they should do more often, even if it's a couple times a year sponsoring a race car, uh, whether it's the USA Network or, or uh, you know, those kinds of things that they're just jumping in on. But WWE could benefit a lot from partnering with NASCAR on some things. Um, not a lot of other stuff going on, except for the the Lacey Evans stuff. You you brought her back. You let her tell her her story, and and it's gosh, it's a tragic, terrible story. And then she overcame all that, and she's she's an American hero as a military veteran. And then they turn her heel where she's using that against people. What are we doing? At a time when being patriotic and being a, a military hero would Gosh, it would sell out arenas right now. There's patriotism going on in, in this country. And they just flip her heel. It, it just uh, it just baffles me. It just almost gives me a headache. Um, you had Moss, who got the good victory in the six-man tag, where him and the Street Profits took on the Usos and Theory. Theory got the upper hand at the end. Uh, and then Brock Lesnar came out and dropped Theory like a bad habit, like he did in the Elimination Chamber. Now, here's a backstory on this. Right before SmackDown is when it was announced that Vince was officially leaving the company. Like, leaving the company, like, retiring. You know, he's not getting kicked out. He's, he's voluntarily leaving. Well, Brock Lesnar gets to SmackDown and finds that out. And he says, well, I'm out. And Vince out, I'm out. He leaves. Yep. Right before the cameras start rolling. So they scramble to fix a few things on SmackDown and to make up the fact that Brock, who was supposed to be there, is not. Somehow they were able to negotiate with him and they were able to bring him back. And he not only showed up, but uh, he came out and dropped theory. And uh, I do have it on good authority because I've seen the pictures and videos. He was at Smack. I mean, he was at SummerSlam. So... Brock seems like he's back in the fold, at least for now. 
but depending on what happened at SummerSlam, I don't know how long he's going to stick around. We'll see. But I saw this leads up to SummerSlam, which was last night. We will talk about it early this week, maybe midweek when the show when the next show drops. I look forward around then. Uh, NXT. We had uh, the debut of J.D. McDonough from Britain as he went over Cam, Cameron Grimes. Uh, Cameron Grimes, after getting a good boost to the top and getting title shots and, and even holding the North American title, and as great as he is, now he's just putting over the new stars. So he's the new gatekeeper. J.D. McDonough's pretty good. I will give him that. Um, I want to see more from him, though, before I really decide if I think he's going to be good. Now, Gacy did come out to confront Cam. Cam didn't particularly like that all that much, but not many people do. So, And uh, also, Gacy uh, unhooded or unmasked um, his, uh, his new hooded friends, and I swear they look like a familiar tag team. So as we see that this week, see if See if uh, if you guys recognize them, because I'm pretty sure I did. It's a tag team that disappeared a little while ago. Didn't know what they were going to do with them. Look like they're going to be his henchmen. But they're really good, so we will see how that goes. Um, they had Cora Jade come out, and she took her tag team belt, and eventually, you know, because she recently attacked her friend. And she put it in the trash. thought we were not doing that anymore in the wrestling business because that is a definite uh, kick in the pants to people in general. Um, I'm sure they told her to do such, but what do you do with the tag division then? Because one tag belt is in the trash can. The other tag belt is on uh, on her friend Roxanne Perez that uh, is currently on the IR. We had Roddy versus Damon Kemp, which is a pretty good match. Um, I believe Roddy won that one. Tony D'Angelo come down, and uh, it looks like he wants to challenge Roddy, which is nice. Damon Kemp, by the way, is little brother, or no, older brother, I think, of the real good Olympic wrestler that they WWE signed. I forgot his name, and I feel bad about forgetting his name. Really, really good one. They pulled off like the miracle win at the last Olympics. That guy. They're they're brothers. So I look for them to team up at some point once he gets his sea legs under him. But uh, for now, learn as much as you can from Roddy. Roddy versus D'Angelo should be pretty good. Roddy might have to dial it back a a bit because I don't think D'Angelo is quite on his level. But that's just my opinion. We had Pretty Deadly. We took on Briggs and Jensen for the NXT Tag Team Championships. I think that says a lot for the NXT tag division that your NXT British tag team champions or English or whatever it is are currently over in regular NXT in Florida. Yeah, must not have a great tag division over there. Or you just wanted to reward Briggs and Jensen, who are a great tag team. Could be that too. But Briggs and Jensen do retain. They beat pretty deadly, which is nice. And... 
not really sure where it goes from here because Briggs and Jensen should be taking on somebody else, but I feel like it looks like I'm pretty deadly like half a dozen more times because that's the WWE way. Um, as I said, the, the Gacy unmat, uh, unhooded his guys, and they're going by Jagger, Reed, and Rip Fowler. Okay. And then uh, Braun Breaker come out. J.D. McDonough come out, or was on the big screen, called out Braun, and Braun's not afraid of anybody, so maybe maybe they'll be tangling here soon, which means they probably just brought J.D. McDonough over, over across the pond just to take on Braun Breaker. A new little mascot come out named Axiom. He defeated Dante Chin. Um, Axiom was pretty good. He's a good little mascot. I don't haven't really gotten behind his story yet, but we'll see where it goes. And then finally, there was a number one contender battle royal for the women's division to, to determine the number one contender. And uh, right before the match started, I'm looking at all the people in the ring, and I'm starting to figure out, okay, it could be, or it could be, or it could be. And then the surprise entrant, Zoe Stark, come out, and I said, well, I can probably turn the TV off because it's probably going to be Zoe Stark. They think very highly of her. She's got some decent in-ring work. She's, she's, she's pretty good. I'll give her that. Uh, she got dinged up with a knee injury for the last, what, six or seven months or something like that. So... Of course, when she come back, she would immediately be the number one contender. It wouldn't surprise me if she beat Mandy. It just the way they think about her. I don't. She's probably a better wrestler than Mandy, but Mandy has way more going for her right now. I, just, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of it. Uh, New Japan showed us uh, Tetsuya Naito, one of mine, and uh, my little nephew Archer, as I mentioned. Not that little anymore, but. My nephew Archer, he's a big Naito fan. I'm a big Naito fan. And he took on another guy we're both a big fan of, Kenny Omega. This is the G1 final from 2017. I've probably seen this match half a dozen times already. I said, I'm going to watch this entire match again. It is that good. When you get two top stars, it's like, you know, um, it's like Rock Cena. It's like. Randy Orton, Triple H, uh, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. Those are all WWE examples. It's um, just name your favorite match, and it's probably this. Naito ends up with the win. He won the G1 final that year. Uh, just fantastic. Go back and watch it if you get the chance. Impact Wrestling. There's a new team called BXT. BXT. Next. Is that what they're going by? But it is Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo. They get the win over Mia Yim and Jordan Grace, which is kind of weird because Mia Yim and Jordan Grace are going to face off for the women's title. I uh, hear short. But uh, it's hard to get much better than Perrazzo right now. As good as the other four are, even Chelsea Green's work has come a long way. Jordan's really good. Mia Yim's pretty good. The Women's Division Impact Wrestling is is back being really loaded. We had Diener take on Mike Bailey for the X Division Championship. Of course, Mike Bailey won that. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a good showman. He, he, he's decent. I don't have a problem with Mike Bailey. Uh, Diener's a good worker. We knew he wasn't going to win. But uh, overall, it's pretty good. 
Madison Rain took on Masha Slamovich. Masha Slamovich her way to victory. They are building her into a uh, monster talent. And after it was over, she went and grabbed another yellow folder and handed it to Giselle Shaw, who opened it up to find out that she's next on the hit list. I like this. I like this. This uh, She just hand delivers it. Like, you're next. See you soon. Love it. We had uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, who are a great tag team, versus, uh, versus Ace and Chris Bay. Ace Austin and Chris Bay from... So once again, we have Honor No More versus Bullet Club. Ace Austin ends up with the pinfall over Mike Bennett. We'll just see what the Bullet Club's going to do because their two other members went back to Japan. Good brothers went back to Japan. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and then finally, we got Shelly versus Saban. Chris Saban versus Alex Shelley, the longtime teammates. They've been rivals as well. For the number one contender to face... Josh Alexander uh, coming up in is it Chicago, where they're both from? Motor City? No, Detroit. It's going to be in Detroit. Motor City Machine Guns in Detroit. Um, Alex Shelley gets the win in this. A lot of people thought it'd be Chris Saban, the former champ. But no, I'm glad Alex Shelley got the opportunity to do this. Um, he's not going to be Josh Alexander. Neither one of them are going to be. But this will be a highly competitive match. And the fun and weird part of this match was after it was over, Violet by Design come down to attack everybody. Josh Alexander comes out and helps him as well. And then Kushida shows up. Yep, former NXT star Kushida, who is back with New Japan, who has a working relationship with Impact Wrestling. So it looks like Kushida is going to be in Impact Wrestling for a little while, as, as well as back in New Japan. That's going to be fun. Absolutely Fun. Well, that leads us to Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor had their death before dishonor results. Let's go through the card. Colt Boom Boom Cabana took on Anthony Henry with J.D. Drake. Uh, Cole Cabana gets the win. Cole's a great talent. He's a super guy. I met him years and years ago, uh, right down the road from where I'm at right now, actually, at a, at a local show, local NWA show. Uh, Cole Cabana gets the big win. And uh, I hope if they're going to use him in Ring of Honor, I hope, I, that'd be a great place for him because it's, it's like a whole new avenue. I don't want it to be like the NXT of AEW which is what a lot of people think it's going to be. I said, no, I, th I think it's very much going to be like another brand. It's going to be like the ECW brand was for WWE a couple years ago. That's what I think. It's going to be its own separate brand where their guys at any time could come over to AEW, where AEW's people could at any time could go over there, and it just evens the playing field, and it gives more people opportunities to do things. We had the Shinobi Shadow Squad, which is Cheeseburger and Eli Isom, who took on the Trustbusters, Ari Davari, and Slim J. Eli Isom is a guy who came through the Ring of Honor Academy, and uh, hit, and Cheeseburger too, I believe. I think he's from Atlanta, actually. He's a good guy. 
Uh, and Ari Davari and Slim J are, are great talents. Um, this was a fun little match. Uh, Ari Davari does a uh, frog splash from the top and pins Eli Isom. Looks like Prince Nana has returned as well. And uh, for some reason, Tully Blanchard, who was building this master faction and was going to do some stuff with Ring of Honor, is no longer in Ring of Honor. No longer a part of it. He's kind of disappeared from AEW a little bit, too. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But Prince Nana uh, supposedly used his family riches and purchased Tully Blanchard Enterprises, so now he is going to be managing uh, the, uh, the, the team. Next up, we had the Embassy, which was the Machine, Brian Cage, and the Gates of Agony. These are these are uh, Tony Blanchard Enterprise guys, Con and Tony Leona. They took on Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Tony Deppin, which is a weird hodgepodge of people, but uh, definitely the, the Gates of Agony and Cage triple team Tony Deppin, and then uh, got the win over Deppin. And with Prince Nana as the figurehead in front of them, sky's the limit on those guys. Allison Kay took on Willow Nightingale. I've seen this match a couple times. This uh, was fantastic. Uh, just both of them, just no wasted motion, just very fluid, very, very good talents in the ring. Willow Nightingale ends up with the win over Allison Kay, which will definitely help her. You know, Willow is kind of entangled in uh, some stuff versus Jade Cargill over at AEW. So this this win will definitely give her a little bit of a boost. Got to the Ring of Honor World Title Match. Not sure why it was in the middle of the card, but it's Ring of Honor, so you never know. This was the Octopus Jonathan Gresham with Prince Nana versus the Blackpool Combat Club's Claudio Castanoli with William Regal. Thank goodness Regal's there to, in case the Prince tried to get involved. Um, I'm a huge Claudio Castanoli fan since way back. He used to be part of the Kings of Wrestling with uh, Chris Hero in Ring of Honor. And uh, they were one of my favorite tag teams for a long, long time. Uh, and also, I'm a big Jonathan Gresham fan, product of the wrestling school here in Atlanta. Uh, back when I was part of some shows, I used to, to uh, go up there to not really recruit, kind of scout a little bit because we were always looking for new people and, and people in general. And uh, I went up there a lot of times. I got to know a lot of those guys and I've kept in touch with some of them. Um, I remember when Jonathan Gresham was up there, uh, I was like, who is this little small guy? And, and what, and okay, he's just going to luchador this or no, he, he would out technical wrestle everybody in the building, everybody in the building. And uh, he just one of the, between him and Brian Danielson are two of the most technically sound wrestlers I've ever seen. And this this goes back into the history of wrestling. Just insane how good they are. And this match was absolutely just awesome. Astonishing. Of course, it starts with the Code of Honor, which is a Ring of Honor thing. You, you do the right thing and you... Shake hands at the beginning of the match. Just a real honor thing. I like it. Uh, Regal actually joined the commentary team, which was fun. 
But uh, these two, you get to see the giant swing. You get to see the octopus lock. You've got to see everything these two had. Everything, including the kitchen sink, thrown at each other. They knew they were going to have to do something to combat it. And in the end... In the end, your new Ring of Honor World Champion. First time he's ever been World Champion. He should have been in WWE. He could be in AEW. Claudio Castanoli is your Ring of Honor World Champion. And at the end, Jonathan Gresham, even though he is the villain in this in this particular feud, Code of Honor once again as they shook hands after the match. Just fantastic. Congratulations to Claudio. Just a class act. He's so, he's so great. Like I said, Jonathan Gresham, just, just as great. Uh, anytime you can put those those two together, I'll watch. It could be an hour-long match, and I'll watch. It'll be the best match you've ever seen. We move on to the Ring of Honor six-man title match, where the Righteous, which is Bateman, Dutch, and Vincent, see them back together and they are the champions coming in versus Dalton Castle and the boys Brent and Brandon they are some twins that uh, have luckily grown a little bit they used to be the size of Darby Allen little small guys but uh, they can they can move they can they can regularly go around and Dalton Castle if you can't see his amateur background and, and his overall move set then you have to be blind Dalton Castle I think had the opportunity to go to WWE years ago and chose not to because he feels like he would have had to change too much about himself. And it's probably true. But this was a great match. Uh, the boys really do more than their part to just uh, not only stay in matches, but they add a lot to uh, what Dalton Castle does. Uh, Vita Von Starr even jumped in there to, to try to help out. And uh, it just wasn't enough because you were new. Ring of Honor six-man champions, Dalton Castle and the boys. Fantastic. Dalton Castle's another one that uh, he got a chance to be, to be world champ. He has been... I think, he's, I think he's now held all the belts in Ring of Honor. I think he's been tag team champ. We'll have to look at that. But I think he has officially... I think he has officially won all of them. So congratulations, Dalton Castle and the boys. Now, the Ring of Honor pure title match. The pure title. There are different rules. You only get three rope breaks. After your third rope break, uh, you don't get any more. They won't stop the match because you're holding to a rope. Or under one. Um, no closed hand fist to the to to the face or, or in general no closed fist strikes because uh, the first one you get a warning the second one you get a DQ. Exactly you get one. Um, there's a lot of other rules involved with it. It's like a 20 minute time limit or something like that. This one may have been 30 being a championship. But it is more Ring of Honor early on.
early on, like what they were about. It was about pure wrestling and, you know, that kind of just pure blood wrestling. We're not, we're not into the, the really crazy stuff, which, which is added to them later, later, but it also comes down to judges because the time limit goes to judges. And here were the judges, the former champ, Josh, the goods woods, another former champ and big time pure wrestler in ring of honor, John Walters, who recently just come back and a steel. who is a big ring of honor, uh, alumni. Great judges, man. Great judges. And, of course, this was Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia. Uh, a lot of chain wrestling, a lot of really good, just solid professional wrestling. They go back and forth. They go back and forth. Uh, the, the crowd was really into it. Some great chants. Uh, Yuta actually used the walls of Jericho on Garcia, which was pretty funny to me because Garcia is part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, Yuta ended up countering a, uh, a move by Garcia and uh, kind of flipped him around, ended up pinning him. And uh, after the match, Wheeler goes for the handshake and Garcia flips him off. Yeah, I wouldn't see Garcia and Ring of Honor very often because they just they just don't like that. Then they had the Battle of the Brothers, where they had Roosh versus Dragon Lee. Yes, they are actual brothers, just like the Lucha Brothers are actual brothers. Um, they normally team up, but the two of them also know how to destroy each other. And I'm telling you guys, Roosh, maybe Dragon Lee will go join them over at AEW because if it's Roosh... And Andrade and Dragon Lee, you talk about a trio. Holy cow. That would probably be my instant favorite. Instant favorite. Uh, this just went back and forth. And then Roosh was able to hit the bull's horns on his brother Dragon Lee. And got the win. Fantastic match. Probably match of the night in my opinion. Even though moment of the night is Cesaro. Otherwise, Claudio Castanoli. Then we had the women's world title match for Ring of Honor. Mercedes Martinez defending against Serena Deeb. What a great match. Two people who were just trying to destroy each other. And in the end, Mercedes locked Deeb into the Brass City Sleeper submission and made her tap out. Great win. It adds a lot of validity. And... We've already talked about some of the other women's divisions around. The Ring of Honor could build theirs up pretty well. And I look for them to do that. Maybe some of the ones from AEW that are not getting a lot of TV time, it would be the perfect place to put them and give them a chance. Plus, Ring of Honor still had a handful under roster last time around. Uh, and then we had the Ring of Honor World TV title match. Samoa Joe defending against Jay Lethal with his uh, crony Sanjay Dutt and uh, Satnam City. Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal signed me up any day. These two have had battles for the better part of a decade or better. Um, just two just two overall warriors who put everything out there every match. 
And somehow, even with all the people on on the uh, outside to help him out, Samoa Joe gets the rear naked choke on Jay Lethal, and Jay Lethal taps out. Samoa Joe keeps your television title. And then lastly, probably the reason why the world title was not the main event was because the world tag team title match, two out of three falls. You get FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood, defending against Jay and Mark Briscoe, two of the best tag teams on the planet. I mean, it's, it's not close. It's not just because of all the belts FTR has or that Mark and Jay Briscoe have been doing it for so long. No, that's, that's part of why they're so great. But this was the ultimate matchup. These are the types of usually forbidden door matches that you just never got to see. The, the best in this side versus the best in that side. And because they're not under the same company contracts, they couldn't face. Well, now they can. So as Caprice Coleman, who was on commentary, said, whoever won this match was probably could easily call themselves the best on the planet. I, I would say both of them are. Both of them are two of the best teams on the planet. In the end, in the end, FTR retains over the Briscoes. Just Unbelievable match. Go order this or find a replay on, on YouTube or some safe streaming place. Uh, just absolutely insane. And the best part is, is not only did FTR get the Briscoes back in the ring so they could they could uh, show them how much they appreciate them, Code of Honor and all that. Then we get the Blackpool Combat Club. Claudio Casanoli, Wheeler Yuta, and William Regal, who stood on the ramp and held up their belts. And FTR stood up and held up their belts. And yeah, it's nice that they're all the champs and everything, but I also see that as the Black Blackpool Combat Club. They may, may, just may want to make a run at FTR's belts, and I think that would be fantastic. But as I said, that's going to do it for this week of Strong Style. Things to look forward to next week. We're going to talk about... SummerSlam, we're going to talk about UFC 277, Pena versus Nunez 2. We're going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff as well. Hopefully, we'll see you guys about midweek. That's probably what it's looking like. But until then, I am Jeremy the Impact York. This has been Strong Style. We will see you guys next week. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. Deuces, gooses. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.